I'm going to have you all turn your Bibles this morning. We're going to talk about the grace of God. I want to start in the book of Luke, chapter 7, 36 verse. I really love this story. There's just so much here. I'm going to have to keep myself on on track. Y'all pray for me. But starting with the 36th verse. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, and he didn't say this out loud. He was thinking to himself. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, if he really heard from God, if, if, if he really knew the Lord, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. And he says this parable to him. He says, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. I got four daughters. I know the woman's hair is, is precious. The likelihood of any of them washing my feet with their hair <laughs> is somewhere between slim and none. And slim left town yesterday. But she comes and she does this. Not only that, you gave me no kiss. It was customary for them to greet each other with the kiss on the cheek. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins which are many, 
I know your thoughts. You immediately identified her. We don't know her name. All that we know is she's a sinner. She found out Jesus was there in a Pharisee's house. It was not protocol to just barge into a Pharisee's house or anybody's house uninvited. But she did not let that deter her. She did not let that prevent her from showing her gratitude and love toward Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, he acknowledges that, are forgiven. Hallelujah. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, I know he had not gone on the, on the cross yet. That doesn't make him any less Lord. Doesn't make him any less Jesus. Doesn't make him any less son of God. Amen? Doesn't give him any less authority to forgive sins. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blood that Jesus said for me. Hallelujah. But I want you to think about this. Now, I get the impression from reading this story. Obviously, this woman had heard about Jesus before. I can't say for certain if she had encountered him yet. But one thing I can say about this woman, other than the fact that the Bible calls her a sinner, that's, that's all it describes her as. She had many sins. So she didn't just dabble. She, she jumped into sin with both feet. But there's something to be said of being aware of and knowing your condition. Acknowledging to yourself what you've done, what you've been, right? Because that will help us gain a humility and an appreciation for the saving work of God. Amen? Now, the Pharisee invites him into his house. I don't know his motives. Obviously, he didn't feel like he needed forgiveness. Right? He didn't even give Jesus the customary greetings. Welcome into my house, brother. You know, kiss on the cheek. Come on in. Hey, I've got this basin of water here for you to wash your feet. Let me serve you and bless you. You're an honored guest in my home. I want to treat you. I want to treat you like you're like you just came into Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure to greet you. None of that. Jesus may as well have just been one of the guys. And I, it illustrates a contrast, you know, how, that, that, that what we can get into, that we need to be careful as followers of Christ not to forget 
from which he saved us. I am challenged to remain humble. I can relate. Every time I see someone in their sins, all right, I, I endeavor to look beyond the sin and, and, and see the individual who's, in, who's bound, see the individual who's in need, see the individual who's hurting. Why? Because I was that individual, and I still remember what God saved me from. And I want to ask you to remember who you were before you met Jesus. Remember the things you did. Remember some of the things you got away with. The things that mama and daddy still don't know. And you might not be here today if they did. Remember. I can think of several instances that if they had not gone the way that they did, I wouldn't even be here today. It's the grace of God. Before I even gave my heart to him, he had a plan for my life. Before I even knew to cry out to him, he was, his goodness was drawing me to him. Waiting for the moment when I would just kneel before him and just lay it all down and just totally surrender my heart to him. I want to call you to remembrance. The darkness that you walked in. Because I want you to, re I, I want to remind you of the miracle of the salvation of the salvation of God. That He called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Now, this story with this woman. You know, I, I, I kind of said some funny stuff there, uh, but I don't want to make light of the situation. But the story of this sinful woman, I feel it illustrates a couple of things that Paul said. One of them is in Titus 2, verse 11 through 14, and I'll just read it. He says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Training us to renounce ungodliness. Now, this starts off with, for the grace of God has appeared. God's grace. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Now, in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. God's grace was important in our salvation. We could not have salvation. Faith would be worthless if grace we're not accompanied with it, right? 
By grace are ye saved through faith. I want to see blinded eyes open. I want to see the deaf hear. I want to see the dead raised. I, I want to see those miracles of God. But you know what? I want to see the grace of God at work getting us to the point to where we are zealous for good works. Even more. I want to see that even more. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That woman, that sinner, she understood that. That story illustrates this verse to me. What could she offer Jesus right there? Tell me that. What could she offer him? Does she have power? Does she have fame? Does she have a good reputation? No, we know that. She's a sinner. All she's got to offer Jesus is her flawed self. All she could bring to Jesus was herself as she was. But here's the thing. She had, here's what she brought to Jesus with herself. She brought a repentant heart. She brought a desire to know Jesus. to intimately know Jesus. She wanted a personal relationship with him. That's all she brought. Right? The humility to have a repentant heart and a passionate desire to want to know Jesus. So much so, I guess you could even say that what she did was debasing in a way. Can't you? I mean, there is a group of people witnessing this. This is not something that she's doing alone where she can save face. She, she's in front of some important people. People might gossip and talk about this. And yet, she was so full of humility and she was so full of, of gratitude and she was so repentant. That stuff meant nothing to her. All that mattered to her was she was at the feet of Jesus. All that mattered to her was that the lover of her soul was there. And I believe in this woman's heart, God must have given her a revelation of really who Jesus was and what he was ultimately going to do for mankind. And, and, and she was there in that, in that personal revelation. She was broken. She was crying so much. So much tears were coming out. It, it produced enough water to wash his feet with. She was weeping, sobbing. You mean someone like me? God's grace can go that low?
and make me worthy? Those God, those other people in the room may not, they may as well not have even existed. Because this was just her and Jesus. Ephesians 1, verse 7 and 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavishes upon us. Hallelujah. In all wisdom and insight. So, Scripture says he lavishes his grace upon us. Grace. What is grace? Some call it unmerited favor. It's unearned. You don't deserve it. God gives you that grace anyway. Like that woman, the sinner. His unmerited favor. It was unmerited favor if you look at it from a stand. If you look at it from a natural standpoint, all, all she did was get on her knees and wash his feet and so forth. And he says, "Your sins are forgiven." But from a spiritual standpoint, that woman loved on Jesus. I want to ask you today. Recall that story. It should be fresh in your mind since I just read it. And I want you to contrast in your mind the Pharisee who invited Jesus and the sinner woman. And I want you to personalize this and, and tell and evaluate where you're at with the Lord as far as how you've been walking with him lately and, and, and which one closely closer resembles you, your attitude toward the Lord. I'm just, uh, I'm serious. And I'm not going to apologize for asking this. Because it needs to be asked. We need to evaluate ourselves from time to time to see if we are in the faith, in our attitudes, to see if we're in the faith, in our walks, in our beliefs, in our thoughts. We need to examine ourselves. Amen? And so I'm going to challenge you, New Covenant. And I challenge myself also. Because truth be told, I've done this examination, and I found myself in some areas to just be treating Jesus like the Pharisee treats him. And so I stand convicted even as I preach this message to you that he who has begun a good work in me still is working to complete it. Some things I'm fired up and I'm maturing. Some things, man, I need to be maturing them, but I'm not there yet. And part of the reason I'm not there yet is I have more of the, the Pharisee's attitude in those areas rather than the sinner woman's attitude. Are you hearing me? He is, he is ready to lavish his grace upon me. His grace is available for me to grow and conquer in those areas.
but I'm going to have to humble myself like she did. I'm going to have to yield my heart. How many of you have uh, attitude issues? Don't, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. I, I, I'm not going to do that to you. But God's, the riches of God's grace is available to be lavished upon you. You know, God's grace is God's unmerited favor. But you know, there is another aspect of God's grace that my emphasis that I'm going to call it, God's grace also represents the enoughness of God. or the divine enablement of God. I heard one amen. The enoughness of God. What does that mean? It means that grace is also the sufficiency or fullness of God at work in the Christian life. I'm going to say that again. Grace is also the sufficiency or fullness of God at work in the Christian life. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God's grace isn't just something you received at the time of salvation. It's continually abounding. Amen? Continually at work, enabling you to do what God's called you to do, enabling you to, to live the life that God called you to live. Second Corinthians 12, verse 9, But he said to me, this is Paul, remember he had the thorn in his side, he was asking God, Take it away. He said, but God said, here's what God said to me. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what does that mean? It means that the grace of God at work in Paul's life enabled and empowered him in his weakness. So, Despite all of that, he could still let his light so shine among men that they can glorify his God in heaven. Amen? Now, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, all of y'all are doomed to have thorns in your sides and you're just going to have to deal with it. But I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going to go to the opposite extreme either. Empower him in his weakness. Sometimes we are so busy trying to be strong that we don't appreciate the value of being weak for Christ's sake.
Hey, we live in America. You know, strength is, you know, we we want to be strong. We want to be able. And it's it's even worse if you're from Texas. I I I, I I'm I'm from hey brother. I'm from Texas too. I, I, <laughs> I'm from Texas, so I'm not taking a shot. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking a shot. But, you know, but weakness is frowned upon. Paul didn't want to didn't didn't want to be weak. He didn't want to deal with that. He asked God to remove it. He knew God could. He had faith and asked him. And God lovingly told him, "No." My grace in this case, in this case, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul was so surrendered to God, he didn't even fight it. He's like, "Okay, if it be your will, Lord, if it be your will, I'm just going to go with it, and I'm going to walk it out in faith, and I'm going to trust you. And, 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 and so, so I, I learned to appreciate the value of, of being weak for Christ because in my weakness, his strength is made known. In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Amen? The weakness of the children of Israel in bondage to Egypt exemplified the strength and power of God to redeem them to the utmost. Amen? The weakness that we had in our lost condition, we had, there was no way we could be reconciled to God, really exemplifies the strength and power of God to save to the utmost. The thing that we could not do, he did in giving his only begotten son, Christ Jesus, for our sins, that we might be reconciled to him. Amen? That's the gospel, right? And in the same way as we walk this Christian life and we're looking at, man, uh, uh, I, I'm weak in this area and I can't do this and I can't, I want you to get I can't out of your vocabulary. You've been redeemed and God has called you to be conformed to the image of his son. So you have been called to spiritual maturity in him, right? So the things that had you bound before you met Christ, in him you were free indeed from those things. Now we got to have our mind renewed and we got to know that we're free. And we got to learn how to walk in that freedom that Christ has given us. Amen? But we're free and we need to know that. Amen? And we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. But, so, but, but, but there are times we are so focused on wanting to not have to deal with certain things. Our only focus, God, I don't want to do this. And if you love me, you'll take this away. We don't even consider the possibility, you know what? God's doing the work in me. And God may want me to walk through this so that I can learn something important to my spiritual growth in him. There are many things our kids, that we, that we had our kids do that they didn't like. Sometimes they didn't think we saw those little side glances and those little humps and those And sometimes they may not even care that we saw. The body language wasn't good. 
so many things were not fair. So many things were wrong. So many things, you know, I don't understand why we have to do X, Y, and Z. They didn't understand it, but we did. We had life experiences. We knew that there were certain things, certain disciplines that were important to instill in our lives for, for you know, for, for, for their good and for their growth. In the moment of their development, they did not see any value in those things. And it was a battle at time, but we persisted in what we believed in. Varying degrees of success in some cases. <laughs> but now we are tremendously blessed. We have four wonderful, beautiful daughters, and God has blessed Christy and I tremendously uh, with them. They all love the Lord. And some might look at, you know, where our children are and where we're at with them and so forth. Some may look at that. You can look at that and, 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 and not have a sense at all of the battles, of <laughs> all the stuff that it took to get to this point. Where we're at now is not where we always were. Amen? There was ground gained, ground lost, regained, re-lost, regained again. I mean, you just, <laughs> so you just keep it up. And by the grace of God as parents, sometimes, man, you're just... Uh, you're going in the knowledge that you have, and you're trusting God to guide your way, you know, because we didn't have all the answers, and we were doing this stuff ourselves. Is, can anybody relate to that? From the time they were learning to walk, ride bikes. And Lord, have mercy, drive. God's grace. <laughs> God's grace was there in abundance for us the whole time. You know, um, I said I wasn't going to get off on that stuff. But, but I, no, I feel like it's important because those, the, the, those things are life. I mean, th those are natural things that relate to spiritual things. And so as we are God's children, okay, we start off, we're babes in Christ, and we're growing. We start crawling in the things of God. Then we start toddling in the things of God. We need our diapers changed occasionally in the things of God. We sometimes need to be chastised in the things of God, right? But God's grace is at work in our lives. As the Holy Spirit begins, as, he, as the Holy Spirit guides us, convicts us, leads us into all truth. God's grace is there with us as we're stumbling through these things, as we're learning to you know, as we're learning to do these things, some of us may have our training wheels on. Okay? 
we were all, we were, we were good. We have our ment our spiritual mentors there and everything. Then we try to walk in these things on our own. We take the training wheels off. Fall, scrape up our knee, get back up. God's grace is there. We could have broke our necks. But God grace, by God's grace, we made it through with a little bumps and bruises. Amen. I, I hope I hope this is ministering to you. I hope I hope this is relevant to you. But Paul learned the value. Getting back to here, he he learned the value of being weak for Christ's sake. So much so that he said, "Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me." The amazingness of God's grace is most revealed through our weakness. The sufficiency of God is most revealed through our insufficiency. The enoughness of God is magnified through our lack. And I want to finish by saying this. There are so many things that I want to see, ways in which I want to see the kingdom manifested in this day and time. So, man, I, I just feel like there are things on the horizon that, 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 that will blow our minds. Amen? And I believe we need to be ready. When God is ready to move, we need to be ready and prepared and locked in to forcefully advance the kingdom and possess the land. Amen? But I don't want us to forget about God's grace. Right? I want to finish in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. It says, they should see a humility, compassion. Oh, excuse me, y'all. Very sorry. That's my notes. They should see a humility compassion and love in you that says, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It was God's grace that made Paul what he was. Amen? He said, you know what? I didn't earn an apostleship. It's by the grace of God I am what I am. I didn't earn being the man of God that I am today. It's by the grace of God that I am who I am. And I want to encourage you with this because, you know, you may look at yourself, I haven't earned enough to do this. I haven't done enough to be able to be used by God in a certain way. I haven't done enough to do X, Y, and Z. It is by the grace of God that you will be able to do what he's called you to do. 
If he's called you to it, he's giving you what you need in order to do it. And I just want to encourage you this way. Paul, look at what his encounter with the Lord. Look at what the, the impact the grace of God had on his life. He went from persecuting Christ, persecuting the body of Christ, to being persecuted for Jesus. Think about the other, the the the, uh, the other apostles, Peter, James, John, all of them. They, we saw them. They tripped all over themselves at one point when Jesus first called them. They didn't know the left hand from the right. They didn't know what was coming and what was going. Unfortunately for them, as they stumbled through trying to learn this stuff, it's all written down. We get to read every mistake. <laughs> And we had a wonderful discussion in the in the Means Bible Study Friday, and we were in Matthew, and and, so, and 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 that point came up at one point. You know, it's like, man, I am. I said, you know what? I'm looking at this, and these disciples are making the mistakes and so forth. And I was like, you know, I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged as I read through the Gospels and I see. Jesus having to say, oh, ye of little faith. Why did you doubt? And he's having to chastise them, but he's doing it. He, he's using these as teachable moments. And he's hard on them, but he's just. He's hard on them, but he believes in them, and he's teaching them, and he's helping them. He's building them up, and he's edifying them because he knows he's going to be gone at some point, and they're going to have to be mature enough to carry forward the gospel. Right? And so, I, I believe it's the wisdom of God that we get to see him disciple the disciples. We get to see them from their spiritual immaturity to maturity. We get to see the process. We get to see their start. We get to see the process, and we get to see their end. And to me, that's encouraging because if I'm not there yet, I got an example that I will get there. Are you hearing me? That this doesn't mean I'm not qualified. This doesn't mean that, 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 that I'm wasting my time. This just means there is a process. There, there, there is a cost associated with this. This is not something that just happens by happenstance. This is something that I have to be intentional, deliberate, and committed to and, and just trust the process. There will be times when the Lord will have to get on to me. He chastises those whom he loves. There will be times when the Lord will have to convict me and bring me into correction you know, when I veered from the path to the left or to the right. But it's all part of his design. It's all his grace at work in us. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm still going to challenge you again just to, maybe you've reflected today. 
God has brought some things to your attention that need to be dealt with. I want to encourage you not to dawdle. I want to encourage you not to put it off, not to dismiss it. If God's put something on your heart, then I want you to be like the woman, the sinner woman who came into that house. And repent. With sincerity. With gratitude. Receiving with fullness the grace of God that's available to you in this moment. Because he loves you. He is for you, not against you. He is ready to lavish his grace upon you if you would if you would but acknowledge your need for it and humble yourself before it. And so as a NCF body, I'm just going to I'm gonna I'm gonna make a call and just invite anyone up to come up. Not caring, like that woman who was a sinner woman, not caring who else is here, not caring whose eyes are open and who's looking. You're just coming up to be with Jesus. You're just coming up in repentance toward Jesus. Whatever that area in your life is, it doesn't acknowledge you as some lost and, 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 and prodigal it just says, you know what? I got some I got some areas in my life that that I need to allow God's grace to move into and do a work and mature me. If you're convicted that way, just as a just as an act of faith, just just come and just stand before the uh, uh, stand up front here and just do that business with the Lord. Hallelujah. I just thank you for your grace, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just want you all to just cry out to God in your hearts. Father God, I just lay hands on them. Father, I just bless you. Thank you, Father God.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you that you're dealing with everyone's heart. I declare your grace, your peace on each and every one abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As they have come, Father God, in, in obedience to you, hallelujah, in honor of you, I thank you that you are lavishing your grace upon them, even now. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. And just as you said of the the sinner woman that entered the Pharisee's house, Father God, each and every one of them are forgiven. Each and every one of you are loved. Each and every one of you are forgiven. Each and every one of you have the grace of God just working in abundance in your heart and in your life right now. And, and hallelujah, God has Giving you the answer, giving you the answer to your prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just declare blessing on your people this morning, Father God. It is an honor and a privilege to know you and to be known by you. It is an honor and a privilege to be called after the name of Christ. It is an honor and a privilege to be a son and a daughter of Almighty God. And Father, I thank you for all that you've done all that you're doing in your people right now and all that you will continue to do by your grace and power. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord bless you all.